Do you love listening to the tarot diagnosis? Would you like more of it in your life? Come visit our shop where you can buy a growing collection of mini courses, guidebooks, and soon to be much, much more. It's a great way to expand your own tarot practice, check in with your mental health, and support our work. Just go to thetarotdiagnosis.com and click the shop link. We're so grateful for your support. You're listening to The Tarot Diagnosis. We're your hosts. I'm Luna. And I'm Shannon. We're both clinical psychotherapists who train together at Johns Hopkins. Now we are both in private practice in Tampa, Florida, and in Baltimore, Maryland. We also both happen to have a love for tarot. Each episode, we work to demystify the tarot and explore its connections to mental and emotional health. While this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is not meant to take the place of psychotherapy. Join us while we pull cards to better understand ourselves and those around us. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Luna. So this week, we decided that we are going to talk about a rather large topic, which I kind of like my initial response, like first thing this morning is, um, we probably are going to talk about this again and again, but we're going to do sort of the overview about the idea of disappointment and what it means in our life, where it comes from, how to handle it, when we need to nurture it, and when we need to learn a different way of thinking about it. Yeah, I think that's like exactly right. <laughs> I love the way you just introduced the topic. I, I was thinking about it this morning too in that car and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many different directions we can go because there are so many different ways that I think we experience disappointment, both personally and relationally, um, and even broader, um, societally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. so I think you're right to say this is going to be kind of more of a a broader, maybe we'll see what happens, (laughs) um, discussion about it because yeah, disappointment exists in so many different areas of our life and, it doesn't feel good, but it's also never going to go away. So we have to figure out um, how to almost like navigate or negotiate the relationship we have with it, I think. I think that's exactly right. And I mean, I, I think you could put a lens on it and say, this is sort of like the fundamental of what you just said. This is the fundamental of the human experience is that mm-hmm. like we want we want and expect the world and our lives to be a certain way. And it never actually is. So life is basically one big disappointment. That's uplifting. <laughs> oh, it reminds me of our discussion on essentially like existentialism, like the oh, meaning like, of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love that you threw in the word um, expect, because I, I have a feeling we're going to talk a lot about expectations today, because I feel like that's kind of the root of disappointment. Um is the expectations we have for ourselves, the expectations we have for others, the expectations we have for just life in general. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly right. I have 12 things to say. Going to stop myself though and say we should absolutely start by pulling a card. (laughs) Let's pull a card. What deck are you using today? I'm going to go with Golden Art Nouveau. It feels right. I'm using Tarot Vintage. Oh, nice. We're classic yeah. today. Classic, yes. I was feeling it today. Yeah. And I have a couple new decks, but like I just don't <gasps> want to. Man, I want to know. I need to know what these new decks are. I've been waiting on one that I don't think it's been released yet. I thought I was supposed to get it this month, but now I don't think it's going to get here until next month. Um, oh, I hate that. Yeah, I know. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> what you get? I got the lovers. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot to say there. There's a lot to say there, and I'm a little annoyed. (laughs) Why Uh, are you annoyed? Because I have a lot to say about it. How about you? What did you pull? I pulled the world. Oh. (laughs) No biggie. No biggie. I know. How cute is that? It's kind of like, you know, I don't pull this card often. I don't either. So I get excited when I see it because I'm like, oh, look at this. Um, Yeah. So I'm glad it's here. Um, I think, yeah, honestly, like, especially as we talk about disappointment, I think it's right that this card, you know, shows up. So what are you thinking about in terms of the lovers? Um, I see. I I am like sort of annoyed and then laughing at myself because what I was saying moments ago about the idea of our life is set up um, with these sort of expectations. I almost said 
And then was like, no, just like stop there. I almost said, well, you know, you this is sort of like the classic story of Adam and Eve in the garden who mm. were in paradise and or in a perfect world and then sort of got shoved out through. I mean, like, I think we all are familiar with this story and the idea that all of us since then, I mean, if we're going with this lineage, the idea is that everyone since this time has sort of been had this expectation like in your heart somehow that life is supposed to be perfect and we're supposed to be in the garden of eden and life is one big disappointment because we're not there and i it's just funny because i almost said it and then was like don't go there but then i pulled this card which i mean the imagery um and again i'm using golden art nouveau like the imagery on this particular card is very clearly still Garden of Eden. It's like something that's a little bit unique in this deck. There's like a tree, there's a serpent, like it's real obvious that that's where they are. So, I mean, I think that that does speak to the idea that as humans, there's something that is hardwired into us. And I'm not like, I'm not saying where it comes from. I mean, I just think that there is something in us. There's always a desire or a want or an expectation that things should be a certain way. And for some reason, we spend our entire life fighting that and being angry and upset and disappointed when things are not that way, when we actually live in this world, which is muddy and gross and imperfect. Mm, yeah. I love that you were thinking about that and then you pulled that card so that you could continue your thought. It, I, I like that you brought up the concept of Adam and Eve. I, and then I just went and grabbed my um, Beneath the Moon book, which is the uh, companion book to Tarot of the Divine. And it's all about like fairy tales and myths. And I just opened up to the lovers in that deck, which is represented by the Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And I I love, you know, these two concepts, especially as we talk about disappointment, because I feel like not only can we talk about it like outwardly, we can also think about it in terms of ourself. Because I love looking at the lover's card as also just like a reflection of, of who we are. Um, and I know I've before I've talked about the lovers and the beauty and the beast um, and the tarot divine in terms of uh, even just like different sides of ourselves and having this like expectation of who we're supposed to be versus who we feel like we really are. Um, and then feeling like we might be a disappointment to others if we show our true selves for for example. So what an interesting way to open up with the lovers, because I feel like everything we just said is kind of going to kind of segue into the discussion for today. I love where you just went with that, too. I mean, because like the Beauty and the Beast, like that's a, a genius pull, like and very smart of that deck to do it like that, because I think that's it does also come back to this concept of identity. And I think that the idea of the lovers goes to the idea of identity so much of like there are parts of us that are monstrous, which is, by the way, also incredibly disappointing. That's when you get into shadow work, this idea of there's like pieces of me that I'm disappointed in and that I hate and that I loathe. And there's um, in any relationship, no matter how like beautiful or twin flame The other person is also human and they are going to be flawed. Like we are all the beauty and we are all the beast and realizing that that's true for us and true for everything around us and then not being disappointed by it Mm. is uh, like, that's the trick. Oh, and you know what? Now that we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about it in terms of the world card that I pulled because the world is really about this feeling of wholeness and you know, especially talking about like the lovers, the way we are, it's almost, you know, the world is suggesting, you know, there needs to be this integration. Otherwise we compartmentalize different aspects of ourselves and others in the world, which just exacerbates feelings of disappointment. Um, and really this world card goes back to what I was talking about in the beginning too. So that's interesting how we both opened, um, this discussion and then cards kind of segued into our, our thoughts that we were already having because, I feel like the world is also letting us know or reminding us that the reality is that disappointment is just a part of the human experience. And, you know, we can't have that or enjoy that feeling of fulfillment and that feeling of wholeness um, without the existence of disappointment, for example. And I think there's a quote, I don't know if it's by Carl Jung or someone else, but um, there's a quote that talks about that. And I know that, you know, 
Carl Jung actually says too, like tears, sorrow, and disappointment are bitter, but wisdom is the comfort in all psychic suffering. Mm. And I think what we're also talking about here is um, a sense of wisdom is knowing, you know, and coming to terms with that pain and feeling let down and feeling disappointed are going to exist. Um, and, and what do we... Um, these are really heavy cards. I'm holding them both in my hand right now, the one I pulled and um, and my version of the world. One, it's I'm just struck by the idea of the world next to the lovers because the lovers, um, the class, the, the, the depiction of them being in Garden of Eden versus the world as this world is like where we are, like it's Earth where we live, and the idea of maybe trying to strike this balance of mm. we might not be in the Garden of Eden, but we have been given the world, like this is our playground, and to learn how to um, navigate the playground in a way where we're having fun and enjoying it in spite of the fact that like I got mulch in my shoe because mm-hmm. that's what happens when you're on the playground, but really delighting in it while accepting that, you know, there's mulch. You said something a, a minute ago, um, you said the word balance and I was like, yes, I feel like that's what this discussion is you know, really about too, is how do we, how do we balance feeling disappointed? Because I think feeling disappointed and also allowing ourselves to experience joy, because I think there's, and I see this so much in my practice, and I'm sure you do too. So many of us are so worried about getting the mulch in our shoe (laughs) that we don't allow ourselves to think about how much fun we could have on the swing or on the jungle gym. And we're just like, well, if I go to this park, I'm going to get mulch in my shoe and it's going to be really terrible and I might get splinters and I'm going to hate it. And I might as well not even go because it's going to be a terrible experience. And, you know, let's say you go, you go to the park, maybe you don't get mulch in your shoe. Maybe you do. And then you stop and you take your shoe off and you toss the mulch out and then you go have fun on the jungle gym or on the, on the swing. And usually what I say to clients in this situation is now you've suffered twice Yes, (laughs) when you could have just suffered once, plucked the mulch out and then, you know, gone on with, with your day. It's, I think this is where disappointment comes into, and this is also a trauma response. And we could go deeper into that too, where, you know, we've experienced things in our life where we feel like we're keeping ourselves safe now by predicting the worst because we are trying to protect ourselves from disappointment. But what we don't realize is that by protecting ourselves from disappointment, we are actively feeling disappointed. I mean, I love the way you just talked about that. And yeah, this idea of like being punished twice is so true. We see this all the time, right? Like with Mm -hmm. people worrying about like, well, if I go to the party, like, what if like I'm embarrassed or what if I don't have a good time? And so then like, sometimes like you convince them to go to the party, they go to the party Mm -hmm. and they're two in their head and they don't have a good time. And then they come home and they're like, oh, I shouldn't have gone to the party. So it's like, wow. I mean, like that is three times a charm past, present and future. Like you're just living in this place of anticipating and expecting things to be hard and bad. And then they are. And then you're like, see, I told you. Yes, the see, I told you. I hear that all the time. And unfortunately, <laughs> what happens is, you know, you're you're caught in this really unhealthy, you know, cognitive distortion, right? Like, you know, when this bad thing happened once, so now this bad thing's always going to happen. And you without realizing it, reinforce this really unhelpful way of thinking and experiencing the world by saying, I told you so. Well, sure. Yeah, it happened, but it also might not have happened. You don't know. And maybe it won't happen next time, but you're not giving yourself the opportunity to find out because you're just assuming you're always going to be disappointed or let down or hurt. Um, and that's just not fair to you to live in that, that space. And, and, I'm saying this from personal experience. I used to be that way. (laughs) I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to allow myself to think happy thoughts (laughs) because I don't want to feel the sadness and the heaviness of being let down because it's too much. So we avoid. That's a coping mechanism. You know, we all develop at some point in our life because of something. Uh, Yeah, it is. It's very much a coping mechanism. And I've been like, I'd like that you gave it that that terminology because like also like yes like it's sort of like putting a um a cast on a broken arm you know mm-hmm. like you put it there for a good reason 
You know, like if you place that in your, like, and I'm not speaking about you, I'm sort of speaking about like a person. Yeah. Like if a person develops this coping mechanism of I'm going to not expect good things because I don't want to be hurt. Well, you know what? If you were in a crappy position in your life and that's like a reasonable expectation, like I understand why you put that cast on your arm. But eventually, you have to take the cast off your arm. You can't walk around with that thing. Your arm's going to get all like wrinkly and smell bad. You need to take it (laughs) off at some point. And so like, let's not feel bad about the coping mechanism. But let's think about like, okay, logically, what can I do to shift and change this? I think that it's really important to I'm just noticing that we are talking about the expectation of disappointment, which I think is the root of a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's also worth mentioning when expe- when a disappointment really comes from a place that is like a surprise. Mm-hmm. This morning, I told my kids as we were, I was driving them to school what I was doing. And uh, my son pointed out a fun game that we play of we get packages delivered to the house pretty frequently. And he likes to open the packages. And <laughs> we have like develop this system where I'll call him and say like, Hey, I have a package. Would you like to open it? And I always know what's in the package, you know? And he'll be like, yes, I definitely want to open that package. What fun. (laughs) But I've learned that I will say to him, it's really boring. And then he'll like grab the scissors and he's like, all right. And he opens the package and has that moment of like, it's going to be great. And then he opens up and he's like, last night it was like, Oh, batteries. (laughs) <laughs> oh boy and you know and we laugh about it and like it's become this fun game and then he pouts and stomps off but it's like a joke that we're yeah. sort of like playing this like it's so boring sometimes and that's me and him sort of playing with this idea of like let's set reasonable expectations <clears throat> however sometimes in life something is just really like unfair out of the blue not even like you didn't even think about it it's just like 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 a ten of swords kind of moment of like, are you mm-hmm. serious? What just <clears throat> happened? I think we need to put that on the table too. I love everything you just said. <laughs> That's such a sweet game that you played together, by the way. <laughs> um, and I actually love it. So I was I was shuffling the deck just now, and I pulled the two of cups, and I'm like, what am I going to say about the two of cups with disappointment? And then you talking about that that sweet anecdote. Um, can help me formulate my thought. Um, Because I think, you know, what you're saying, and what this card could potentially suggest is that, you know, we view experiences and and other people like through our own lenses, and we need to keep that in mind. Um, And those lenses are created by our own experiences. Mm. And, you know, in order to you know, I guess to make an effort to meet people where they're at, because we talk about that in therapy a lot, right? Like therapists need to meet people where they're at. Um, we have to be curious about where they're at and what their own expectations are. And we also have this responsibility of sharing what our expectations are and where we're at so that they can meet us where we are, um, instead of just, you know, kind of assuming, um, you know, cause I, and I think you, that played out in the anecdote you shared, you know, your telling your son, Hey, these are my expectations for this package. This is probably, you know, what you're going to get. Um, you know, so he can come in and, and know and, and meet you where you're at and meet the situation where it's at. So it can be a shared experience. There's just like this mutual understanding versus when we aren't curious about what the other person's experiences or expectations are. That's when disappointment can happen because we create stories based on our own experiences. And I'm thinking of Brene Brown now, because Brene Brown is big on, um, you know, what's the story you're telling yourself? Um, because I guarantee you using your, the story you just shared every time you got a package, if you looked at your son and you said, well, what's the story you're telling yourself about this package? He might come up with some sort of like, like magical, like, oh, it would be delightful. (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, he opens the package and then he's bummed because it's not what he thought it was. But then, um, you know, you share your story of what you're telling yourself. And then the two of you can say, okay, well, it's probably something in the middle or let's, you know, both look at this more realistically instead of, um, from this idealized, you know, lens that we were looking through, um, to begin with. Yeah. Interesting. Like, way for me to view the two of cups, I guess, but I appreciate your story because it helped formulate that thought. (laughs) I love how you just tied that in. I mean, like, 
I, I mean, it's so interesting that you pulled two of cups as like the first card was the lovers, you know, like, which mm-hmm. is something yeah. we've actually talked about a couple times recently, which is like, I don't know why that's going on. Um, you know, actually, maybe I do know why that's going on, because so much of our work in the world as therapists is about relationships. So it's reasonable mm-hmm. that we're pulling these cards a lot. Um, because to be a therapist, you have to fundamentally have an idea in your head that, that we are able to heal through relationship. That's like the fundamental of our job. And I mean, I think that there is something kind of beautiful about that. And I think it's very true. And it's not the only truth because I think Hermit like plays a role here too. I think we can heal through spending time by ourselves, but our work is about, um, meeting people where they are, be, letting ourselves be who we are, and finding a place of connection and a mm-hmm. place of uh, the way we've been talking about Two of Cups is of commerce, of sort of a giving and a taking, yes. versus the lovers is much more a place of just fundamental connection. So the lovers is this play, ideal in a way of this is sort of, there's that twin flame thing again that we see on mm. the internet. Like this idea... I I sort of, yeah, I'm going to riff on this one for a second. Like the twin flame concept is this idea that you and this other person share a soul and have been um, like separated and now here you are and you like share a flame. Now that's a wonderful expectation. I mean, like what a delight, like that's lovely. But I think a more uh, probable or realistic um, expectation and hope might be the lover's of mm-hmm. I found somebody who really feels deeply connected to me on a, a soul level. And the reality is we're really like very lucky if we get to a two of cups of I have mm-hmm. a very wonderful relationship of give and take. And understanding that like all three are decent. So but like if you're only okay with the concept of twin flame, you're going to be deeply disappointed by two mm-hmm. of cups and what a pity that would be because two of cups can be pretty freaking awesome yeah I love everything you're saying and I've like <laughs> a million thoughts I'm trying to figure out which one I want to grab a hold of um I I like I kind of like that you brought up twin flame and it does make sense that we're pulling these kind of like relationshipy cards because you're right I mean our experiences with disappointment all stem from relationships, relationship with others and relationship with ourselves. Mm. Um, so it, it does make sense. And I just want to, you know, when you talking about the the twin flame experience, the whole time you were talking about that, I was like, God, that sounds like so much pressure. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh. And, and then you said something else and I was thinking, you know, when we do meet someone who feels, who we feel so connected to on a soul level, like, I think it's important to remind ourselves that we're lucky to experience that right now. And for as long as Mm -hmm. it lasts, whether that's five months, five years or or 50 years, Um, because I think this concept of a like, you know, shared soul, for example, sets everyone up for disappointment because it goes back to what I was saying about the two of cups and viewing this person or persons through like our own personal lenses is really just a projection of what we want, need, or have experienced in the past. And that's not fair to the other person. And I think that's why when I'm talking about relationships and when I'm working with couples or or friends or even family members, it's like, you know, when you're in a relationship with someone, either platonic, romantic, or professional, you have your own individual identity and experience and story. And the other people have their own identity experiences and story. And then you have the shared experience of the relationship. And to have this assumption that that relationship needs to be a very specific way just because of your own experiences is honestly really selfish. And I think that's how we are able to grow and heal through our relationships with others is when we're able to put aside those projections or take our own personal lenses off and put on someone else's lenses or create new lenses altogether and challenge our own thinking and experiences based on the interactions we have with others. You know, what's so interesting is I just reached over, you know, I have all the cards spread out and I kind of look at them and my eye landed on the devil, which, um, Ooh, I haven't yeah. pulled that in forever. I, right. I mean, like, 
I feel like I think about the devil all the time because to me, the devil really represents um, like misaligned thinking. That's what the card like fundamentally is for me. But it's so interesting to, and that's what you're talking about in this sort of idea of like when our expectations are based on our own wants or needs or rigidity or selfishness mm-hmm. even, then it's a setup for disappointment. I but so I kind of glanced at the card, but like interesting that in this card, you know, in the classic deck, you've got the devil, but then you have these two people, a man yeah. and a woman, and Adam and Eve kind of figures who are sit- standing there chained to um this uh block underneath the devil you could argue that they're both chained to like wrongful thinking and that this is where we see couples like that all the time my image of the relationship is this and my image of you is this Mm -hmm. but the other person's image is something different and this is where it's like but you're not noticing like this phrase that's so popular these days of like it is what it is Mm-hmm. I think people like saying that because it kind of brings like jolts us back into reality of right. yes, but like, but what is it? And mm-hmm. is it okay that I can have a great relationship with somebody if they're not like my twin flame or my split apart? Yeah, I can do that. But it kind of does come down to an idea of like, well, what did you expect? Yes. So <laughs> oh, I love, I love this conversation today. So, cause when you're talking, so I just pulled another card and as you're talking, it's helping me formulate these thoughts on these cards that I'm pulling because it's changing the way I would normally interpret them. So I just pulled the seven of swords. Yeah. And I think that this totally plays into what you're talking about in terms of like why we fear disappointment. Um, so I think for anyone who's experienced any sort of like trauma or betrayal or abandonment, especially like during childhood, there becomes this this re- this real fear um, and real need to protect ourselves, and I think that's why we create these expectations. So essentially, we end up becoming hyper vigilant in relationships and assume that because you know we've been hurt or deceived in the past, that especially by someone who was supposed to keep us safe, whether it was a parent or a previous partner or a friend or a sibling, that the world and everyone in it suddenly also becomes scary and dangerous, and mm-hmm. so. You know, again, this goes back to the lenses through which we view people. It can actually be harmful to have this mindset because now we're looking at people and the expectation isn't, oh, they're going to be so amazing. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. The expectation is they're going to hurt me. And I think that's the other side of disappointment because I think the what we've been talking about in terms of disappointment is maybe viewing someone through rose colored glasses and then them not meeting us where we want them to meet us. But I think the seven of swords is saying, Hey, you can also, um, experience disappointment because you're projecting this fear that you're going to be disappointed or -hmm. that you're going to be hurt onto this other person. And that's not what's happening at all. Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like so much of our conversation today is about like, it leans towards relationship. And like, I just kind of want to call that out and sort of see if we can shift it towards other things. But I mean, I think that I see this all the time with clients who um, are lonely and would prefer to be in a relationship, but like refuse to date. Mm -hmm. And they refuse to like, I, I kind of am like, yeah, like you need to get on the dating app. And then they say, oh, every time I do, I just go on all of these really bad first dates. And I'm like, Yes, that's (laughs) like, that would be the ex like that is a reasonable expectation. Now, some people go on one date, and that's it. I know somebody who that happened to. But most people like no, I would expect a whole bunch of bad dates. Same thing with a job hunt. You know, I send out all these cover letters, and I get anything back. Mm -hmm. So like, so you've sent out 10 cover letters, and you haven't gotten anything back. And now well, that means that the world is against me. No, I mean, I would expect that you're going to have to send a lot because that's what it is, what it is. Yeah. So (laughs) I like that you wanted to call out that, yeah, we are talking about this in terms of relationships. And, you know, I think it goes back to just because like relationships make up the fabric of like life. But I kind of want to also explore it in terms of like ourself and how we can experience disappointment personally. Mm. Um, 
So I pulled the magician and normally I would talk about <laughs> the magician very differently. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still formulating my thought on this, but normally, you know, when we talk about the magician, we talk about like, you know, that sense of resilience and these tools that we have, but the way I'm thinking about, and just the way I'm experiencing this card right now is maybe it's kind of negative. I don't know, but it's almost like we have this expectation of ourself to, have all the answers sometimes or know exactly what to do and when to do it or feel like we have the ability to, you know, I don't know, know what's best for the people around us. And then we get disappointed when they don't do the thing that we think is best. And it's almost like the cliche, like TV magician way, I guess, is the way I'm thinking about this card right now. Um, And I think that even though I love the magician so much and it's usually like a very positive card for me, I think that we need to challenge ourselves sometimes and and look at ways in which we're playing the magician in a negative way. Like, are we, is this like, you know, self-imposed perfectionism and are we trapping ourselves in this, you know, unhelpful pattern of, you know, well, I can predict everything and I know what's going to happen. So I'm just going to protect myself from, from being hurt. And I'm going to be, you know, alone with all of my, my nifty tools. Um, but I'm not using them in the way that I'm supposed to be using them. You know, who came to mind? Uh, I, I can't remember the character's name, but Rob Lowe's character on Parks and Rec. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like who is a hilarious, like, like, Boy, he really like tries to like channel that magician energy and like, oh, yes. but boy, like he's off the mark. Like, yeah. I, and I, uh, I'm thinking about something you said, like, I don't know, 10 minutes ago, you sort of talked about like, what story are we telling ourselves? And the, mm-hmm. ever since you said that, I keep looking at all the cards and I'm like, wow, every one of these cards is an opportunity for us to challenge what story am I telling ourselves? I love that you just yeah. called out both of us and sort of like, and community on like how we look at magician, because like, I think you're right. Magician is like a wonderful card. So interesting. And like an energy that I encourage people to walk into all Same, the time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And mm-hmm. we don't always have everything available to us that although we are like oh we have all the tools yes we have all the tools but sometimes something is just broken sometimes it just isn't going to work and this idea that I can sort of be magic when I can't be is like terribly disappointing and also a little naive yes naive is the word I've been thinking about but haven't been able to formulate so thank you for using it yeah there's something I don't know if this is going to come out right, but one thing that's in my brain is like, where, where is the line between us acknowledging our own personal agency and where we have power over controlling situations, which is by the way, probably far greater Mm. than we give ourselves credit. And when is there a time where it's just like, yep, that's it it's over 10 of swords. Like Mm. we're done. And like the situation is what it is. I I think many of us, I love that you pulled seven of swords, by the way, it's still in my lap. (laughs) I think many of us go through life kind of in this seven of swords, like I got my swords and I'm going to like sneak out of here. But you know what? Like there are people behind us, like we're looking over (laughs) one shoulder, but they're behind the other shoulder and we're completely unaware. Like that's Mm -hmm. the way life often is. And I think that there is a hopeful message with this. Um, I keep thinking about, oh, this is long. I'm sorry. I keep thinking about this other deck that I've recently got. It's called the Journey Tarot. And I think I'm going to post it directly after we're finished uh, talking because I have a post that needs to go up today. There's the star card is a picture of a woman standing and she has her hands on her chest and she's sort of peeling back her chest, like right where her heart is. And there is a star right where her heart is. It's a beautiful image. And I think that that's sort of the other piece of it. Magician is where do we have agency to make positive changes in our own life? What can we do? Versus the idea of, can we return to a place of inner peace, of Mm. inner guidance and a light within us, which is a, a something that we see in multiple religious traditions all over the world, this concept of like the light within or the divine within. 
and turning inwards to that light of like, okay, externally, I can't fix this, but internally, perhaps I can. And oh my gosh, I can even like loop it back to the lover's card. Um, in the traditional deck, there's like this big angel that is above uh, the Adam and Eve figure. And if you look it up, like the angel is Raphael and the name Raphael literally means God heals. Now you can use that however you want to use that, but like it kind of goes with this concept of you have something in you that even when life is filled with a disappointment or there is really actually nothing more you can do, your magician cards are up, that there is a place that we can return to of, okay, how can I find peace? If that's the only thing I can find, Mm. that's the only thing I can find. I love everything you're saying. And I'm just like, so happy that everything that we're pulling and talking about is tying in so beautifully. And <laughs> I posted something the, well, when this goes out, it'll be a few days ago, but it was, I think it was last night. There's been so much synchronicity in my mm-hmm. life the past like day or two, just related to like my clinical work, my personal life and tarot. And I feel like it's, you know, kind of bleeding into today as well. So I just pulled out the death card and I feel like it's exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think death also allows us to explore the concept of, of grief and acceptance and, um, of course, transformation. Um, but it ties in beautifully with what you're talking about. And I, I think grief needs to be part of the discussion on Mm. disappointment, because I think there's this idea that, um, we're only allowed to grieve certain things and, grief is a form of suffering and we, we feel disappointed. We're suffering because, um, you know, there's something that we either lost or something like a need that we had that wasn't met. And I feel like the whole process of grief is the way I experience it. And the way I share it with clients is learning how to exist with it and get to the, you know, that end goal, the point of acceptance, um, that it's now part of, you know, that story and that it's okay to grieve something that maybe you didn't get or grieve something, um, that didn't go the way you needed it to, or the way that you thought it would, um, and allowing yourself to experience every part of grief is important. You know, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, um, you know, and then learning to exist in this new space, um, you know, and owning how you've been changed because of, you know, that disappointment is also important um, because it's essentially giving yourself permission to do exactly what you were talking about, like finding peace. Yeah, I'm still formulating thoughts on the death card. I mean, death card is so, such an interesting one for you to be bringing up. I'm like, boy, this is a heavy hitting episode. Like I wasn't all, expecting it, right? All like, the big damn. cards. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to pull it back down to the minor for a minute and talk about three of swords, mm. because, which I think is a great card to talk about in terms of disappointment. Um, this is sort of the disappointment of like, I didn't see it coming disappointment. It's mm. not the, I set myself up. It's like, I got set up kind of card. And one Place. One way I've sort of been thinking about Three of Swords, you know, it's a card I think about a lot, I work with a lot, um, that's been very healing for me personally, is to remember the idea that although there has been disappointment, and even heartache, that each one of those disappointments that I've had in my own life, and believe me, they are plentiful, each one of them has added into sort of like my library of personal experience, that I choose to use to make things better for myself and for others in the future. And I think that that's an important piece of disappointment, that when we've had a moment of, oh, no, like, I didn't get the job, I got passed over for the promotion, um, I moved into this apartment and it's filled with cockroaches, I just got dumped, like, out of nowhere by my five-year partner, Um, or even if it's like, I like went to the store to pick up something I thought I had ordered and it wasn't there. Every time we have this moment, it is, I'm sorry to be gross, but like, it is a moment of personal challenge where it's like, am I going to fall victim to this or am I going to let it teach me? Mm -hmm. No, I think that's. Uh, you know, we're, yeah, it's definitely a heavier episode today. I feel like this goes back to existentialism too. Like, I feel like that's the 
could be the point of life. Like we're learning, like, you know, what am I, what am I being taught here? Um, you know, what am I going to take from this? What am I choosing to take from it? And then like looking at what, (laughs) this is, you know, I love therapy because I feel like this is a therapy question. Um, what are you choosing not to take from it? What are you choosing not to learn and why? Because I feel like that's also like where some growth can happen. What is it that you're not wanting to talk about or explore or acknowledge, um, right? And your experience with disappointment. I feel like we have to talk about five of cups because we have it and we should. <laughs> I know, right? I feel like that's just like the natural thing. I was actually avoiding it because I was like, is that too cliche? But no, let's talk about five of cups. <laughs> and we could talk right there about like, now tell me why are you avoiding looking yeah. at five of cups? What does that say about you? your fear of being cliche. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I know. Like, I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely a card that we talk about all the time. Actually interesting. (laughs) Seriously though. It's like, Oh, are people going to get sick of us talking about five of cups? Um, but no, it is really relevant here. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Um, I don't know if I formulated it yet. I think it is the disappointment card. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, this, this morning, I am more in love with tarot than I have ever been before, which is saying something right. because like, it's just such an interesting conversation to really get to explore every card. We've had a couple people recently reach out to us on Instagram and you and I talked about it sort of offline, um, just kind of noticing that people have been reaching out to us and saying like, hey, I've got this is the what I pulled. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And our response th- that we've firmly decided is no the idea is that the work is for you to decide what you think it means and i know Mm -hmm. it's so tempting to ask others and i think there is a time and a place but like our job like our specific like little place in this wonderful tarot community world is to be the voice that says no what what do you think but i think that as we look at each one of these cards including five of cups right now it's so interesting to see that we could tell this story a million different ways. And the clarity of star card, which I keep turning to right now of what story do I want to tell and what do I want this to be about and what do I have to learn? And also what do I have to grieve? I mean, I think five of cups, we always talk about the two cups that are behind the person and what are you missing? But I mean, I think you bring up a very good point earlier of grieving the cups mm-hmm. that spilt. Yeah. I love talking about it in that way now. Um, yeah, I, I posted something a little while ago and I was like, Hey, I think I got this card wrong. <laughs> like we're allowed to be sad. <laughs> and I think that's right. And I want to go back to something you just said a minute ago about, yeah, we, we have people reach out to us quite often and it's, it's feels good. Like, Oh my gosh, someone wants to know what we, what we think about this. That's really cool. But the reality is, like our vision for this little community that's continuing to grow is that we want everyone to feel empowered and to trust themselves. You know, I think because that's what we do as therapists, like when we're working with clients, it's helping to empower them to trust their own intuition and feelings and also challenge them, you know, at the same time. So you know, if you reach out to us and you're like, Hey, what do you think of this? We, you know, we'll, we'll probably kind of turn it back onto you mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe like ask a question that helps you, you know, look at the cards differently, or, you know, maybe just be more curious about what your own interpretations are, because we're not the experts on the cards that you pull for yourself. You are. And I think that's what the beauty of tarot is, is tarot gives us a glimpse into our own self and our own lives in ways that would have been difficult for us to explore otherwise. And I think what's so interesting about that is like a card can change in its meaning for any given read, but also for like, you know, like a card that I used to hate, I can learn to love. Yeah, for sure. I was was having this exact thought last night, actually, I was thinking about how I could pull a card and depending on, you know, what question I wanted to ask that card could mean, you know, 10 different things and how beautiful that is and how freeing it is, because I think it's so easy to feel, you know, very eight of swords often like trapped within our own mind or our own body, our own experiences. Um, 
you know, and feel like we, we can't escape what's happening. And I feel like tarot gives us a path to, um, step out of that and think of a new way to approach something or a way to navigate the swords that, you know, are surrounding us that would have been difficult for us to sit and figure out on our own. And, you know, going back to that five of cups, like it also gives us the opportunity to, you know, think of our grief or our form of suffering um, differently and gives us the opportunity to say, yeah, we're allowed to be sad, um, but we're also allowed to grieve these cups that, that have fallen. And we're also allowed to, you know, peek into the cups that, that still exist. And if that takes you a couple days or five years, that's okay. So I'm wondering if we could just take a minute to uh, just name some things that actually are like real world helpful things that we can do for ourselves when we feel any type of disappointment, big or small. Yeah, I think the main thing is naming it, <laughs> calling it out, acknowledging it both to ourselves and whoever we're feeling the disappointment either like with or from. I think the more we keep things inside, the more like resentment can build and other like frustrations and anger um, that then continue to muddy the way we're viewing a situation and lead to more disappointment. Um, anytime like we're experiencing something that's difficult, um, acknowledging what we're experiencing is really, really powerful. And if we can't get validation of our experience from like our therapist, or if we don't have a therapist or our friends or the person who we're talking to, just like showing some self-compassion to ourselves is important. Like it's okay that we're feeling disappointed. It's okay that we feel let down. We had a need that wasn't met, or we were hoping for something that didn't turn out the way we wanted to. And, you know, that doesn't mean that it's the end of the world, even though it can feel like it sometimes. And giving ourselves the space to to be sad is okay. Um, but this, you know, just acknowledging it and validating our experiences is really powerful. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's exactly right. Like, letting it fester is like the worst. So yeah. saying it and sort of like getting it validated, even if we have to do it for ourselves, kind of being like, yes, that's reasonable is a great thing to do. Um, I think I'm going to go back to something that we were saying earlier, and it is about, about expectations. You yeah. know, um, I saw this wonderful training like years ago for kids who sort of like didn't pick up on social cues and they would go into the principal um, or like the person who was in charge and they would do um, a social, um, a social autopsy is what they would call it. And they would just be like, okay, well that happened. What a mess. Let's figure out what happened so that we can understand in the future what what to do or what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's also um, just an important thing to do, kind of doing an audit or an autopsy and saying, okay, what's a reasonable expectation? You know, I talked about this recently, yes. you know, with um, birthday expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, you and I have talked about it offline too. This idea of like, you know what? I turned 49. I did not, it's not reasonable for me to expect everyone in my life to like get together and surprise me all day long and, you know, like really like celebrate me. I mean, like that would be nice, but like realistically, the vast majority of people in my life actually are my clients. So that would be grossly inappropriate <laughs> for me right? to expect that. <laughs> also, like I have teenagers, they love me, they're sweet, but they're self-focused, you know, like as they mm -hmm. should be developmentally, that's correct. They did stuff, but like they didn't like, like have a parade for me. So like, <laughs> if I had had this sort of expectation of like, this is what it's supposed to be. I mean, I would have been disappointed. Instead, I set reasonable expectations of what I thought I could expect from others and what I wanted to do for myself. I think understanding like what is reasonable is an important thing. I will also say that when you have that conversation with a therapy client, often they, they don't want to have that conversation. Oh, you're so right. And I love that you're talking about this right now, because I think another component of these reasonable expectations is also making sure that they're realistic to the people around you, because even your reasonable expectations might not be attainable by the person you're expecting them from for a variety of reasons. Um, and I also think it's 
another component here is responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility to share our needs and expectations with others and then have, you know, a discussion and essentially negotiate those expectations because, you know, if we have an expectation of someone and they can't meet it, it, then they have a responsibility to let us know. Actually, that's like not within like the realm of my capabilities right now. Can we talk about, you know, an alternative? And that also helps avoid a lot of uncomfortable, painful moments of disappointment because now you're not just saying, oh, well, I was expecting this and it didn't happen. I thought that was reasonable. Well, you thought it was reasonable, but the person you were expecting it from didn't think it was reasonable. So having these open-ended discussions, as uncomfortable as those can be in and of themselves, and I want to acknowledge that because you know, I have these types of conversations in in, um, therapy all the time. And people are like, Oh, I don't want to talk about what my expectations are. Cause then I feel like it's not genuine when someone does something (laughs) for me because I had to tell them what I wanted. And Oh my, (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Um, I'm thinking about growing up. There was this memory that I have of someone saying, um, (laughs) well, why would it was my parents <laughs> and my my it was for Christmas or something and my mom asked for something and my 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 sweet dad was like well why would I get her what she wants <laughs> and <laughs> what he was really saying and it was, I remember this clearly because it was a whole thing what he was really saying was her expectation is that I will surprise her. And if I get her exactly what she's telling me to get her, then she won't be surprised. Then she'll be disappointed. But then she was disappointed because she didn't get what she wanted. So here there's a prime example of like miscommunication of like, hey, you want to be surprised, but you also want this thing. What is like a realistic expectation here? Because you can't be surprised if I get you what you want. (laughs) Um, So I think this is a really good example of why like these levels of communication are so important. Um, You know, and as uncomfortable as they can be, they also help us grow and they help our relationships get stronger. That helps trust build. um, And so, yeah. You know, I th- I'm just laughing at that story you just told, and it really makes me laugh. It, it's so funny. Um, it makes me think of the phrase, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. Which yes. has always, like, I, re- I sort of didn't figure out what that, like, the actual thinking of that until I was, like, 35. Mm-hmm. When suddenly I was like, oh, it's reversed. You can't <laughs> eat your cake and have it too. But this <laughs> is how confused we are as human beings. We can't even get that phrase to make yeah. sense. Right. Which, and I think that that's how many of us are going through the world, just just baffled about like that idea of no, I can't be surprised and get what I want. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Tarot Diagnosis. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok under the handle at the Tarot Diagnosis and join us while we pull daily cards and explore tarot and mental health in between podcast episodes. You can also subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you have a topic or question that you'd like for us to explore on the podcast, you can contact us directly on our website, www.thetarotdiagnosis.com.